Good morning. Welcome to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Kate. I'm the minister here. We're so grateful that you are here with us today. We organize our announcements around our five practices that we try to live and believe throughout the week and on Sunday morning. And we start with radical hospitality. Um, we have a dinner coming up on Wednesday. We have a monthly first Wednesday dinner, but for January, because it comes so quickly. We will not have a January one. This December, uh, we'll coming up uh, Wednesday, you can register in the attendance register that goes by today. Um, adults will have honey-baked ham, and children will have mini hamburgers and cheeseburgers with um, cookies and cake. And the meal costs $8 for adults and $6 for children. And each one of our first Wednesday programs has uh, something that we do afterward and this time we are making wreaths so if you would like to participate in that please put your name uh, please put wreaths out from your name and that will be $15 to participate for the materials for you to do that um, we believe in passionate worship and let me give you one thing about the order you can find in your bulletin the Advent Candle Liturgy which we will read next but also if you flip that over you'll see our first hymn Advent is a season in which we celebrate preparation, but there aren't many hymns that we celebrate uh, during the season of Advent. And so Don has encouraged us to use a Presbyterian hymn. The choir will sing the first verse, and we will sing the second and third verses. We also want to extend a thank you to Elmore House for creating the nativity in the hallway behind the sanctuary. Uh, Elmore is one of our most fascinating people you'll meet in this church, uh, but he, uh, among his many talents, is uh, craftsmanship, and he made an activity that you'll see in the hallway. We believe in intentional faith development, and we have a proposal for our Sunday school classes. You'll see it in your classrooms next week. It'll be a simple survey. We spend um, a great deal of money on materials for the classes, and we wonder if we are buying the appropriate amount of books for each class. If we're buying 14 books for 14 people who use them all the time, awesome. If we're buying 27 books for a classroom that has uh, 10 regular attendees, three of which use the book, then we're not doing the best thing we can do. Our staff is offering to write Sunday School content for each of our classes for free. It could be something that helps us with our budget. And you'll see in your classroom next week a survey that says we'd like to have the books like we always have, and this is the amount that we want, or we'd like to have a trial of using the, the class that the, um, uh, the staff puts together in line with the worship service. So look out for that next week. We believe in extravagant generosity, and we've had for the last three weeks opportunities for you to give your pledges uh, for the coming year. This is a um, critical part of our budgeting for next year and how we want to um, help the community, help our church, our people. So if it is your practice to pledge, and you've yet to pledge, if you'll please take a card that's in the back and turn that in, or you can call the church office, and they will help you do that. Uh, so those are our practices. We try to live them out um, during the week, and you will see a newsletter uh, that um, is brand new this month that has icons at each article, sometimes more than one, of um, what that article is about, whether it's about radical hospitality or passionate worship or so on. Um, so I encourage you um, to grab a newsletter today and you'll see that. So let's begin uh, the Advent uh, Candle Liturgy. second Sunday of Advent is the peace candle. Psalm 85 verses 8 through 10. Let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his faithful, to those who turn to him in their hearts. Surely his salvation is a hand who fear him that his glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness will meet. Righteousness and peace will kiss each other. Can you hear it? What is it? God's word is coming. We are listening. We are eager to hear. A voice cries out and declares the promise of peace. We stand in awe. Things are going to even out in the world. All people will embrace each other. Today we light the candle of peace.
Our peace comes from God. Our peace comes from God. Please stand as you're able to join us in our first hymn that you can find in the bulletin and we'll be led by the choir in the first verse. <laughs> Let us now affirm our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From then she shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. I think my microphone's... Oh no, it's working. It is working. I'm sorry. I was going to go project. Is it working? I don't hear it like it normally sounds. If you'll turn to page 39 for our baptismal covenant. Page 39 in your hymnal. Brothers and sisters in Christ, 
Through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without price. I present Laney Ann Glass for baptism. On behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in His grace, and promise to serve Him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? Will you nurture this child in Christ's holy church that by your teaching and example she may be guided to accept God's grace for herself openly, to profess her faith openly, and to lead a Christian life? Congregation, we now turn to you. Do you as Christ's body, the church, reaffirm both your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ? Will you nurture one another in the Christian faith and life and include this child now before you in your care? God's help, we will proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ. We will surround this child with a community of love and forgiveness that she may grow in her service to others. We will pray for her that she may be a true disciple who walks in the way that leads to life. Please join me in the thanksgiving over the water. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Eternal Father, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters that brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those in the ark through water. After the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Tell of God's mercy each day. In the fullness of time you sent Jesus, nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your Spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection, and to make disciples of all nations. Declare his works to the nations, his glory among all the people. Pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water and she who receives it, to wash away her sin and clothe her in righteousness throughout her life, that dying and being raised with Christ she may share in his final victory. All praise to you, Eternal Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever. Amen. as do I do this week. <laughs> this is the congregation. They promised today to help you and support you as you try to understand Jesus' love. Isn't that friendly? Yeah. Yeah. They're going to try to be friendly to you and you're going to learn more about Jesus too. And while they're teaching you, they learn more about Jesus. Now we're going to do something we don't typically do at this point because we have other families joining us. So if, our, if you will turn back to page 38. And our families, the additional families that are joining uh, this morning in addition to the glasses will come forward. We had six people join our church at 9 o'clock. And you'll see all of our um, people, both from 9 and 11, not only in the email uh, that goes out this week, but also in the newsletter that comes out next month. So if I say will you, you say I will, if you will. 
As members of Christ Universal Church, will you be loyal to the United Methodist Church and do all in your power to strengthen its ministries? As members of this congregation, will you faithfully participate in its ministries by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? And in particularly at Memorial, will you celebrate our five practices that we try to live out both in our service and throughout the week? Congregation, look at number 16. Members of the household of God, I commend these... Uh, persons? I guess that's right. I commend these persons to your love and care. Do all in your power to increase their faith, confirm their hope, and perfect them in love. We give thanks for all that God has already given you, and we welcome you in Christian love as members together with you in the body of Christ and in this congregation of the United Methodist Church, we renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. The God of all grace who has called us to eternal glory in Christ establish you and strengthen you by the power of the Holy Spirit that you may live in grace and peace. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. 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 If you'll give a hand to our newest members. Get to promise to come right back to this spot after worship so we can take a nice picture so that that can be in the newsletter. Do you promise? Excellent. All right. All right. Y'all can go back to your seats. Welcome. Our first scripture reading for today is from the book of Psalm, chapter 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us, and make his face shine on us, so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. For the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you rule the peoples justly, and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. The land yields its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. May God bless us still, so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we have such a powerful service today, and we're so grateful to have both baptism and communion to have new members, to share your table, to sing your songs, to proclaim your text. Gather us together, Lord. Remove the impediments in our minds to learning, to loving, to worshiping. As we hear the story of Joseph, who played such a critical part and said so very little, help us to learn about reacting versus responding. Inspire us this morning, Lord, as we pray the prayer your Son taught His disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For Thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. It's now time for our offering, and if you would like to give electronically in any way, you can see instructions on how to do that in the bulletin.
Please be seated. Our sermon text today comes from Matthew chapter 1, starting with verse 18. And you can find that on page 1497 in your Hugh Bible. A couple of them have a slightly different pages, so it would be right there. Today we focus on Joseph. Very little ever written and very little ever said about Joseph. But he did a very significant thing and we're going to talk about it today. Verse 18 begins, This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So the first phrase I want you to remember is there are always trouble, troubles with expectations. We, our expectations might be misinformed. We heard that this was going to happen, or someone said that they heard that this was going to happen, or we just kind of expected that this was going to happen. You ever have uh, in a relationship or in a work relationship, you just figured that somebody was going to do something and of course they figured that you were going to do something and we all both did something and it wasn't what either of you figured. They might be misinformed. Our expectations might be self-centered. You know, I kind of thought if this was going to happen, I was going to be the center of it. Or I kind of thought that we were going to go the place that I wanted to go. Or do the thing that I wanted to do. Even if they're not misinformed or self-centered, sometimes they cause people to be uh, rigid. You know, this is what we thought was going to happen and I don't think anything else ever should. Sometimes impatient. I thought we'd already be great by now. Maybe we need a change of leadership to get this done. Um, college football coaches and NFL coaches about this time are dealing with the fact that people in July and August thought that they would be doing much better than they are right now. Of course, there's no telling what kind of expectations or, I mean, uh, uh, surrounding uh, uh, circumstances. There's no telling what, how the other teams that they were going to play improved. There's no telling what kind of environment was going on in that time, in that place, that really impacted what was going to happen. But people really thought we ought to win more this season, and so you're going to be in trouble. Sometimes they make people angry, expectations. I don't get what I want, what I thought I should. I'm going to lash out in some way or another. Now, what do you think Joseph's expectations were as a man who was about to get married? Some people think that he was about the same age as Mary. Some people think that he was a good bit older than Mary. Either way, what are the simple expectations of a person getting married to another person? Well, life's going to change. We're going to have to share ideas. We're going to have to decide where we're going to live. We're going to have to decide what we do on holidays. We're going to have to form our lives together. Actually, before we do that, um, I'm going to have a baby. Excuse me. And that baby is going to be the savior of the world. Think what kind of impact that would have on his expectations of going into that relationship. How about verse 20? But after he considered all this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save people from their sins. That is quite a dream. You think about the craziest dream you've had lately. What was it? It's your mind trying to settle a number of different issues. The latest dream I had was I was on an uncovered double-decker bus in New York in the rain trying to explain um, the to the finance committee of the church something that was going on. Now, what do you think my brain's telling me? We're, we're a little... We're, we're, we're rushing a little bit. We got, we got a lot of factors that are distractions. And we got this thing that we can't stop this rain. 
Now, there's actually a lot of positive things to say. But my mind goes to the darkest place when there are a number of things that are unsettled. So think what's going on in his mind before he has that dream. It says he's faithful, but he knows that it's life-threatening for him to be faithful to the text, for him to be faithful to what he should do. It threatens her very life. And as a man who has ultimate power in that time, he has Mary's life in his hands. He has Jesus' life in his hands. And this has all been sprung on him. And here's what's important, is the phrase reacting versus responding. Every one of you have done both. Probably this week. Reacting is, I've heard something and I just blurt out what I think. Or I just do something. Based on what I just felt this second, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. We react on uh, the highway. We react in meetings. We react in the kitchen at about... 547 when somebody says something we didn't expect after a long work day. There's plenty of instances in Scripture where people react. Cain and Abel, one offering is good and one wasn't so good, so I'm going to punch you. The disciples, when they're, uh, Jesus is teaching on the side of the hill and there's so many people, and the disciples say, this is insane, we can't feed near this many people, they've got to go. But then there's responding. Just, I'll, I'll even, like physically, I do it when I say it. Stepping back. Let me try to understand this situation. Let me try to understand your motivation. Let me try to understand the fear that you have in doing what you just did or saying what you just said. And then let me think, how can I participate in the solution? You know how different that is? When somebody wants to do a U-turn on 29 and is not in a turn lane, and you think to yourself, you know, you could just go a little further down the road and turn around. Or you scream at them. You have a greater responsibility to all of society to do the right thing here or something like that. What if you were to actually stop your car and let that person get across there because it has a greater impact on every single person on that road, which could be... Um, uh, have to do with life and death. Joseph, in Genesis, is, has a special dream. He tells his brothers, I hear that I'm very special. His brothers, as they are prone to do, the older ones say, oh, is that right? We're going to teach you how special you are. Let's just throw him in a well. No, no, that'd be rude. Let's sell him into slavery. And they do. He finds himself in a pit, in a prison. And he finds a person in that prison with him who is in the highest of the highest courts. That person has a dream. Joseph interprets it. That person gets back in favor up in the highest courts. He goes back. The Pharaoh has a nightmare. And that person says, oh, I remember. There's actually a guy in the cell who can interpret dreams. He brings him up. He interprets a dream from him. All of a sudden, Joseph is the most powerful person on earth. And guess who comes in desperate need of food? His brothers, who sold him into slavery. Now, if you talk about a reaction of all reactions, Joseph could bring down thunder on those brothers for what they did to him. Instead, he responded. In total love and patience, and abundance. That kind of thing changes situations for the good. Chapter tw uh, Verse 22. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary as his wife. He responded. Never said a thing and raised Jesus until he was gone and an adult. So God is with us is what that word means. So what do we say what do we say last week? When we make those prayers in worship and in meetings and in before sports and we say, Lord, please be with us. It feels like a special, lovey, uh, nursery rhyme sort of thing. 
in every instance of God going to people and being amongst them, it is true that God is with them and supporting them. But it's also true that God calls them to do something beyond what they ever imagined they would ever do. So the presence of God means you will not be sitting back and doing the same thing that you thought you were. So it circles back to expectations. What do we believe? What do we expect to happen if we say that we are followers of God? Do we expect to pray to God, have a little bit better life than we had before, and keep doing the thing that we were doing before, and just call it a day for the rest of our lives until we all get to go to heaven and be present? There's not much in Scripture that affirms that belief. Scripture suggests your expectations need to be that yes, I will be with you, but yes, I will call you to do something beyond your wildest dreams. And in most cases, it will be moving from a reaction, which comes quite naturally, to a response, which is quite divine. So as we gather around the table, we'll read literature, we'll read, uh, um, I'm sorry, liturgy, where we will say to one another, we have fallen short. We haven't done it the way we should have. And we don't deserve another opportunity. But we'll also read words that talk about God's power, overwhelming power, to draw us back, to lift us up, and to give us another opportunity. Let us pray. Lord, as we ponder our expectations for the coming year, may they not be rigid. May we not be impatient. May we not be angry. But instead, may we expect to be changed and be given an opportunity by You. Lord, help us not to react as we leave this place on the roads, in our homes, in our workplaces. Help us, Lord, to respond. One, because we know that You are with us. And two, because we know that You have called us to a higher level as Your followers, as agents of Your mercy. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. If you'll turn to page 12 in your hymnal, we'll start our communion liturgy. our Lord invites to His table all who love Him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved You with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done Your will. We have broken Your law. We have rebelled against Your love. We have not loved our neighbors. And we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Corporate confession is such a critical part of worship because we recognize that we all, every single one of us, has struggled to do the will of God. As is corporate forgiveness. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. Please join me in the great thanksgiving on page 13. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to You, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. And so with Your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise Your name and join their unending hymn. 
Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ, by the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection. You gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which He gave Himself up for us, He took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to His disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is My body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of Me. When the supper was over, He took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to His disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is My blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of Me. And so in remembrance of these, Your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out Your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by His blood. By Your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at His heavenly banquet. Through Your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in Your holy church, all honor and glory is Yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. I'm going to call those who are serving forward. In the United Methodist Church, all who want to come forward are welcome to do so. You'll be um, invited by your ushers to come uh, to the outside of your pew. And you'll come, if you are the one starting the line, if you'll come here. And if you're the one starting the line, if you'll come here. And then you'll return to your seat. We'll be happy to come to you, any one of you, if you'll help our ushers know that um, you would like us to come. We also have um, gluten-free elements on the corner, each corner. And uh, if you would like that, simply take one and make sure that we don't give you one. I'm going to call the um, choir forward.
Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this table. And we pray that you may use every table uh, this week for every meal that we have for an opportunity for restoration, for an opportunity for a response in your name because you first loved us. In your son's name we pray. Amen. If you'll stand as you're able for our final hymn, number 217. service. There's a lot going on in that service of great meaning and great significance for our calling and uh, responding to God. Thank you for everyone who participated to make this service special. Thank you to those who joined the church and if you'll remember your promise to come forward for a lovely picture that will be in our newsletter. Um, if you are visiting today, we're so grateful that you visited. Um, we hope that you'll find this uh, church home. We have special services coming up. Christmas Eve is at 5.30 here in the sanctuary. Christmas Day is a Sunday. It's at 10 a.m. here in the sanctuary. New Year's Day is a Sunday. It's at 10 a.m. here in the sanctuary. And we hope that you'll um, come and join with us in uh, simple but meaningful services uh, on those days. Go in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen. <laughs>